What's up, Lions of Liberty fans? You can now support this show on Patreon and get exclusive access to bonus audio and video content, including Conspiracy Corner, Degenerate Gamblers, bonus segments with guests, and so much more. Head on over to patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty with your host, Brian McWilliams. Welcome, welcome to today's show. Before we get into the show proper, I want to give you guys a quick recommendation, and that is to check out ammo.com forward slash Lions of Liberty. Ammo.com is a primary sponsor of this show, and uh, God knows I hope you people go shoot your own turkeys this year. And as such, you're going to need some more ammo, because there's always Christmas coming around, and Santa's got to be up on that roof, and that is a violation of property rights. But seriously, these guys are fellow libertarians. They're supporting our show. And also, every purchase you make can go to fund a libertarian nonprofit. 1% of every purchase. You choose the charity. They send the money. It's just that simple. So please do check out ammo.com forward slash Lions of Liberty. All right, everybody. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land, episode number 99. And that, of course, means that you can find all the show notes for today's episode at lionsofliberty.com forward slash ELL99. Although uh, there's one site I would usually link to in the show notes, considering the guest I'm having on the show today. But, uh, you know, mysteriously, due to the machinations of Facebook and the evil Mark Zuckerberg, I can no longer link to this uh, magnificent page, which was the widely loved and uh, well-appreciated Liberty Memes. And as such, my guest today, bring it on the show, he's known as Liberty Memes Admin 2. He's uh, kindly joined me, uh, a man of mystery in many ways. <laughs> Welcome to the Electric Liberty Land. How are you doing? Hey, man, what's going on? So, you know, I'm, I appreciate the fact that you would have linked to Liberty Memes. We still have a page. It's not really well, I, I saw you. We had, like, we had like 600,000 followers. Yeah. And then there were cons- conspiracy theories that we took our own page down so that we could get people to do more community action on our behalf. And that's kind of silly because that <laughs> means personally decimated our audience by yeah. 96%. Ooh, brutal. I mean, that's what, that's what I was going to you know, ask you about is give me a little bit. So I want to get into them taking it down. But before I get into that, tell me a little bit about the genesis of how it, you came to, you know, how, how did you get to, you know, together with your, with your, uh, you and your brother, and we won't say his name either, we'll keep it secret, but you and your brother started this page together and, and collaborated on this, uh, you know, what inspired you to strike back in this way? And, you know, how so, did, how did you get yeah. it going and, and how did you keep it going? So Peter and I were both heavily involved in Ron Paul's presidential campaigns of 2008 and 2012. Um, I was actually one of the uh, volunteer recruiters in the United States for Ron Paul 2008 and also did like a whole bunch of work for him in 2012. I even got the honor of giving the introductory speech to his campaign rally at Cornell University. Ah, nice. If only you'd done UCLA, maybe uh, you and I would have met years ago. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, we've, we're, we're all OG Ron Paul people here. I oh, yeah. Tend to think like the majority and even like when the libertarian parties tries to talk smack about Ron Paul, I'm like, dude, you guys would not have this renaissance oh, yeah. without Dr. Paul having run when he did. But anyway, we noticed that a lot of our stuff that we would post, like I would just make little quips about the debate and then somehow they would come back to me a week later that someone had made it. <laughs> And so then we were like, you know, maybe these quips we should put into memes ourselves. And so me and Peter started doing, Peter's my brother, Admin One, the creator of Liberty Memes. Uh, we started doing that and they started getting shared all over and without credit. And we really didn't understand. <laughs> Copying is not theft concept. <laughs> we were like, we were pretty mad. We were like, all oh, these jerks. Yeah, they didn't, yeah. Hey, you know, David came up with that. Um, after a while, we kind of calmed down about that. And you know, it's the difference between a libertarian and an ANCAP. Right. It's a couple months. <laughs> um, so we, we got to that point. But um, somebody came along, actually was a fan of 
on Peter's page, he just had so many comic friends that were just Ron Paul supporters mm-hmm. all around the world. And there was this woman named uh, Andrea in Greece. Hmm. And she said, you should just make a page called Liberty. So Peter's story about how he came to make a page was he downloaded this app and it said, create page and <laughs> put the button. Oh, wow. That's, you know, I, I like stories that are straight to the point and uh, at least are mildly inspiring while still leaving much to the imagination of the listener. <laughs> so it's, if anything, it's, it's inspiring other people like it's this, this easy. Well, it is, but you have to dedicate a lot of time to it. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, I was running for office in 2013 when he created Oh, wow. He made me a co-admin. I was really good at Facebook, all this social media stuff. So he made me a co-admin to help him. I was running for office. Mm-hmm. And I was endorsed by Ron Paul. That's and, huge, yeah. Yeah, and Peter's message was getting increasingly more anarcho-capitalistic. And mine was still kind of mainstream, let's move the Republicans towards libertarian philosophy. But which where, where are you at this point, by the way? Are you have you gone full ANCAP? Because I used to be a little bit more on your side of the fence at that time, and I've now yeah. moved far more towards ANCAP uh, myself over the last cutting kind of two years. Well, I've I've just seen how ridiculous it is to try to be involved in you know the Republican Party. Yeah, be involved in all these maybe in some areas of the country that works, but where I live, that it's just a big scam, and uh, it's just not worth it. And besides the fact that so little changes. Yeah. Um, so Peter uses this philosophy that if he ever helps out on a campaign, like he helped out on mine, sorry, calling himself ANCAP. Mm. Um, if he helps out, he says, well, I'm one of those ANCAPs who will do things that will bring about more anarchic conditions. Mm-hmm. So he was willing to be involved, but at the same time, he's like, no. Yeah. That's the way to do it. And so as soon as that campaign was over, he was mean to me. I got mm. and uh, I kind of amped up my uh, revved up my participation in the Liberty News page right as soon as I was campaigning with them. and it was so liberating yeah. to be able to say what I actually believe without having to put some sort of stupid political spin on it so that's what that's what the memes were about to me we could say whatever we wanted whatever we believed as long as we stayed on message yeah. the, the belief would just continue to grow even even when someone would get mad and say, hey, I don't agree with this particular stance or that particular stance, mm-hmm. it would still grow because more people were coming in to our philosophy from what we were posting than we're than we're leaving in disgust. Right. Well, that's what I mean. That's where you know, I, I, I'd say we were probably getting to this a little bit later, but it's it, it's a good segue into talking about the concept of reaching out and, uh, cause I, cause I want to get into the, uh, okay. You know, you can't call it the downfall of Liberty memes, but the, um, the, <laughs> the circumcising, they snipped the tip of, uh, of Facebook and, uh, now you still got the dicks, but, uh, they took off the tip of the dick that you were, uh, that you were using most powerfully to expand the page. <laughs> Me and Peter are Jesus boys. <laughs> oh no. We're good. We're good. Calvinist reformed Presbyterians, but, uh, you can go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, I want to talk about like, you know, the, the applying to people or not applying, excuse me, appealing to people. And, and this is kind of how I became ANCAP too, is that, you know, staying on messages saying, all right, screw it. We're going to say what you say, what you mean, go full bore, because you are probably going to win more people to your side that way than giving them a half-assed message. And that's what honestly drives me insane about the libertarian party's approach in a lot of the senses where they're trying to bridge these gaps and they're diluting the message and they're giving people kind of this half-assed philosophy that no one's buying into and just makes them look weak and unprincipled because they're trying to appeal to the left and appeal to the right at, at different times. Yeah. I think they, I think they did a lot better when they weren't doing that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, you know, and I think back in 2013 and 14 and 15, the people who were starting to join the libertarian party were mostly people who had been part of the Ron Paul revolution. Right. I know that in my County, the chairman of the, of the libertarian party had me even as a special advisor when he created the local mm-hmm. libertarian chapter and it became a, an actual party a chartered member of the state libertarian party. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they were really heavily involved. And now like a lot of it is top down. 
yeah. from the National Party. And what you know, and I'm torn on that in a way myself is, you know, when you're talking top down, because I believe that there does need to be some sort of top down messaging just to basically, but that, but that would be to keep people on message rather than trying to dilute yeah, the not message. When, which, not when the top down is like, yes. okay, let's just, <laughs> let's just scrap everything we believe because right. if we say what we believe, nobody will want to be us. And that's just not true. No. Well, like you're saying, you know, when you're making these memes that are cutting to the core of it and, and also, you know, doing it in a funny way, you know, because we become a very visual culture and, you know, you know, tying into this, you know, coming up with kind of the, like I was saying before the call, we were doing a little chat and the theory behind it, like, you know, using comedy as a tool because the left has dominated comedy for so long. And even, you know, even on a, on a, just a very shallow level, using the ability just to simply mock somebody, even if it's not even that amazing of a mockery, like the left, half the shit the left was out there is just terrible. It's idiotic. It's, it's non-truthful. It's, it's just awful. And libertarians have the ability because we are in the middle, because we are principled, at least in theory, um, we should, we have the ability to call a spade a spade. And when you've got the power of mockery doing that, and we've got ample targets to mock. I mean, thank, thank God Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez got into the Senate, right? I mean, she's talking about you know, a deep funny. well. This is funny <laughs> because somebody today, okay, I made a post on Liberty Memes 3.0, mm-hmm. where we are at at this point, because the 2.0 also got sucked shortly uh, after, yeah. within a week. Yeah, And that was up to like 80,000. Within a week. Well, what's your growth trajectory like? Because I mean, like you said, you were at like six hundred thousand or something people. Like, how did you know? How well, did that exponentially grow? Was that quickly well, the, or was at it? At the moment, I like. At the moment, I just like don't even care about what those numbers are. Yeah, because we've been able to move almost seamlessly over to some of our community group and some of that other stuff that we're doing, mm-hmm. and we've just kept going. And I mean, we're bigger than Zuck could have imagined when he struck us down. Yeah. Uh, we're doing so many more things over the course of the year. We might have raised about six figures um, for various good causes through various charities. So somebody would say, "Hey, I need this for my GoFundMe, yeah. and I need that for mine," and we would post their link and we'd tell everybody That's to awesome. donate and all this stuff. And we would do all this stuff, and we raised all this money in like the whole year for everybody. And then when Zuck struck us down, that doubled. Yeah. Oh wow, well, that's awesome. We're talking like in a, in a month we doubled the amount of fundraising that we were able to do for people, voluntary charity, yeah. spreading the message well, that way. Then tell me more so about... Down, people were actually more motivated to participate with some of the community. You were literally uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You, you Obi-Wan Kenobi Zuckerberg. You, you, they struck you down, you became more powerful than you could ever imagine. Well, well look what happened. <laughs> you know, at, at first, I was kind of skeptical about people suddenly making new Liberty Memes pages because yep. they were like, I want to be Liberty Memes well, now dude, because I, I've been watching those guys forever. I was going to ask you, it, are any of the Instagram like, pages actually related to your uh, Instagram? Like, uh, t- Do you run any of them? Because yeah, there's like eight of them now, and I couldn't figure out yeah, if I should one. link to any of them or not. Yeah, there's one. Peter made it. I don't even use it. Peter uses it sometimes. <laughs> okay. um, but the Facebook page is Liberty Memes 3.0, but here's the thing. All these people started making Liberty Memes pages, and I was thinking, oh, these are all these jerks who are like, oh, well, Liberty Memes is dead, so let's, uh, I'm going to revive it. I'm going to pretend to be dead. Right. And they were doing it wrong anyway. If it was me, I would have made a million bucks by now. <laughs> uh, I would have you know, changed the world by now. So I'm going to run it my way now. And they were just making pages that just said Liberty Memes. <laughs> they didn't add anything They're to doing it. Like, content. Liberty. Yeah. Right. So... Then Peter got a hold of me and he's like, you know what? This is actually awesome mm. that they're doing this because it's been decentralized. Yeah. Now everybody is Liberty Memes. And it's just, it's a cultural movement. Yeah. Instead of just being a single page run by two dudes. <laughs> well, tell me, like, okay, so give me a typical day in the life of Liberty Memes, right? Because like, I, what I want to get to a little bit during this interview is, you know, you've told a story, and I still want to hear about, I do still want to hear about how you got taken down, what specifically caused it. But before we get to that, I... Wait, okay. He said a typical day. So here's... Okay, day. yeah. So this is what Peter likes to tell people. Oh, no, I'll speak for him since he's not here. <laughs> Everybody thinks that libertarians are a bunch of, you know, trolls that live in that aren't married and they have no jobs. Right, half autistic, family. living in the basement. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, autistic is a compliment, by the way. Yeah, I agree. There's very, very intelligent people. So my best, yeah, my best yeah, friend's uh, got an autistic son. He's fantastic. But yeah, very it's it's a different way of thinking, which is what we should pride ourselves on and do. But he says, 
he says, well, I've actually got a job and a wife and kids in my basement. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, so that's a ridiculous joke. It's been, it's a, many times. I, was, I was debating whether or not I wanted to make a uh, does he let them out or whose family do they belong to really joke. But there you go. There you go. <laughs> But yeah, both of us have wife and kids. I mean, Peter's got twins and another boy. I've got a boy and three girls. Oh, My wow. wife is actually a political, political refugee from Cuba. Oh, wow. So actually, throughout my contemporary day, I don't really speak English. Huh. I speak mostly Spanish both at home and at work because I'm a Spanish medical interpreter. Oh, interesting. And this is actually one of the great things. And hopefully my boss is like, oh, David, I can't you just admitted to that <laughs> when you're sitting around waiting for a doctor to come in and it takes an hour or two you got time to meet yeah no shit well let me ask you this then um you know everybody talks about cuba the the socialist system and how wonderful the medical care is there what does your wife think of the the medical care in cuba well you're like she loves been, it she still loves it <laughs> we've been together for so long and i can misogynistically say that i can speak for her um <laughs> Her mother, my mother-in-law, was basically murdered by the socialist system, mm. uh, medicine system in Cuba, because for two reasons. Uh, my father-in-law is has never been remotely communist revolutionary. Um, he was a he was a known dissident in his part of Cuba, mm-hmm. and she got some sort of an infection. Some some sort of a blood infection that could have actually easily been cured by antibiotics. And even with the advances that they had at the time in Cuba with what they had available to them, they could have cured. Mm -hmm. And they let her rot for a week while the doctors and nurses and rest of medical, rest of the medical staff dressed up as soldiers to defend the hospital against a pending Yankee invasion. What was this? Just them playing a, a war game? Because you know, there's no fucking real Yankee exactly. invasion coming. For the entire week, marching around the hospital, acting like soldiers protecting the hospital. Wow. Instead of actually treating patients. And when it came time for her to go, I mean, they, they hadn't really done anything. Damn. I, so, I hate to make, I don't want to make light of it, but uh, I mean, honestly, that sounds, like, that sounds like a goddamn Monty Python sketch. Like legitimately, sounds like a Monty Python sketch would would happen. You know, well, like, yeah, I mean, the, the doctors are marching around like soldiers while the patients are like, "Hey, um, over here!" And it's uh, like, "Wait, wait, wait! Yankee invasion coming!" That's the way I've never heard. I, I've never heard anything like that before. So it's, I'm I'm blown away. I'm I'm glad you shared it on this podcast. I hope it's an exclusive. <laughs> I think that yeah, it, it is. I haven't I haven't told anybody this one. You know, I think that actually, uh, if you have Cubans in your audience that have lived in Cuba, or yeah. their parents they can confirm that this kind of absolute certain happened uh post-revolution yeah yeah that's just madness well tell me okay so so we're talking about uh, the day let's get back to the day in the life so uh tell me more about the the process that goes into creating this because like you said it's decentralized now and it's a good thing because you've inspired a lot of people to to take this action which i want people to do so i don't want them to steal your gig but you know what, what's the mindset that goes into it and, granted, kind of, i'm not i'm hoping people thing. don't make a lot of unfunny liberty memes but hey i mean if you make a, a good one hopefully it'll be shared but this this is the thing that 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 people uh, try to you know they kind of pick on us for because they come to us and they say you're doing it whatever it is we're doing we're doing it wrong right. even though we grow <laughs> even though we have community outreach yep. even though we have uh, you know good good fans who do good things for the community uh, we're always doing it wrong and mostly because life is a process of live and learn mm-hmm. um, but everybody can see everybody else's mistakes and say this is what you're doing wrong. But we never have a meeting lines between me and Peter and say, okay, this is what we're going to talk about. Right. There's not a strategy behind you. You just kind of be, you're, you're guided by voices, uh, if I can use a terrible band name from it's the 90s. Com- <laughs> the thing is that both of us pretty much share identical political and religious philosophies. Mm-hmm. And so we just post yeah. from the way, you know, the way we think. And this comes from a, a solid belief in the non-aggression principle. Mm-hmm. And if a meme or something is in line with that, we post it. Yeah. And if it's if it's kind of sketchy, borderline, too conservative or too liberal, we'll make a statement, you mm-hmm. know, a little better mm-hmm. about why we think that's not quite like throwing communists. Uh, so, so I say it again. You you went a little. It was hard to hear you a little for a minute there. Yeah. 
So if something is a little too far, you know, not actually in line with the non-aggression principle or a stretch, mm-hmm. like throwing communists from helicopters. Yeah, yeah. Seeing if it's funny because his name's Hoppe, and uh, you're throwing him out of the copters and seeing if they'll bounce. Yeah. See, it's a joke. <laughs> now there are people in the Libertarian Party, and I'm I'm not in the party. I'm just no, I, I'm not either. But I I may join oh. before the next cycle. We'll see. But there are people who are very upset right now. Because those jokes, those helicopter jokes, they hurt people and they scare <laughs> right. people. And so it's like, you can't make, you know, it's not just the left and the right that can't make jokes anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people in, in libertarians that are falling for this crap too. Oh, without Listen, a doubt. No, I don't believe in throwing people out of hel- helicopters. And I, so, this is going to be a shocker to everybody, but <laughs> are people too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and also, it's uh, using comedy well, to address. Most people tell me, well, 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 it doesn't matter. You throw communists because they're not <laughs> right. Well, it's also it's using comedy. If you're supposed to get mean about it, you know, at least people are having a discussion about it, and you can also address it using comedy. This, you know, this concept of throwing people out of helicopters is something libertarians get a lot of shit about. And like I said, it's very people are very sensitive about it. But you use comedy to diffuse that, and you can use it to educate it, just like you've been doing. So, you know, if anything. Libertarians need to stop trying to avoid the topic or try to censor anybody that's talking about it in general. Bring it out in the open and, you know, mock the the idea of throwing people out of helicopters. Well, you know, that reminds me, though, of the one that really offends pretty much everybody involved. And that's the one uh, with a picture of soldiers draped in flags, Mm -hmm. uh, coffins in in an aircraft carrier draped in flags. And it says, play stupid games win stupid prizes. Mm-hmm. I could see, and, that, I could see that run flag some feathers. <laughs> and, you know, first of all, this is a phrase that belongs to conservatives. Mm. When there is police abuse, that's the first thing out of their mouth. It doesn't matter what the person is actually guilty of. Yeah. If the person ends up dead and we're talking execution for the smallest law, mm-hmm that the first thing out of their mouth plays stupid games, win stupid prizes. Like the guy in uh, Staten Island who was suffocated to death for oh, selling yeah. those cigarettes, paying taxes. Yeah. The conservatives were all over this. They're like, well, this is what you get for playing stupid games. Yeah. You disobey the law. The police can kill you. And so we brought that into this meme and it's offensive. Yeah. It really grabs people. Um, but that's not but a bad I also, thing. Yeah. I, also look at it, I also look at it another way, though. You know, when the United States plays these games around the world with aggressive foreign policy, the stupid prize that we all get is dead children. You know, not just people who we bomb, right. but our own soldiers come home in boxes. They don't come walking. Yeah, exactly right, man. And also, you know, you know we were talking about comedy and memeing. And, you know, and look, what you're saying in that meet. As you know, it's you said it's it's an offensive meme. Sure, it is offensive, but a lot of comedy is offensive. But that doesn't mean that it's not true. And you know, they are, yeah. the the truth of the matter is where you can do so much damage to people's uh, you know bred in psyches when it comes to the left right paradigm or accepting the war state or accepting the war on drugs. Like just what you're saying, you can really combat that by hitting on a truth. And if they're offended about it. Fine. Well, hopefully they're offended, but they actually give it some thought. I mean, granted, I know people get offended with shit and then they just kind of move on and they don't consider the the underpinnings of it. But something like yeah, that, they, if people do actually think about it and compare but, it, they're going to get it. Well, when it's a page with a big audience or with a big outreach or big influence like ours or, or, or a source with a big influence, mm-hmm. then people are going to stick around and argue about it. Right. So you have that chance to discuss what you really mean by it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Hey, so you mentioned Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yes. Some numbnuts on our page today. I posted, hey, this is the original page. It's just the continuation of the original page. This is run by the original admins. And the first comment was this dude who was like, it has to be. All you ever post about is Hillary and Alexandria. What the fuck does that even mean? What? And I, said, I said, what are you talking about? And he says, well, you guys are obviously obsessed with just some random woman for no apparent reason. 
Because they're both random women, right? It's not like one of them has been the established. They're not, they're not a couple of commies who want to tax us to death, who want to regulate our right. lives to death, who want to tell us what to do and possibly murder us if we don't go along with it. Yeah. They're just a couple of random women. Yeah. That it, we're well, it's it's shocking. That's where you, you kind of question, and it's I guess it's good that the person who's saying that is a member of the page. Uh, you know, just like there's been a lot of you know, like even on our you know we have our own Lions of Liberty forum we do, and the, not everybody in there is a libertarian. But that's you know you say okay, I'm glad those people are here because like you're saying, there's conversation. Hopefully, he gets convinced of, of the wrongdoing and of the idiocy of his, of his statements through good conversation. You're not just overall attack. Well, but you know I. In, in, in my own personal group that I run, I run it for a very specific purpose of community action, actually promoting message mm-hmm. and promoting volunteerism. And so on the main page, it's pretty much anything goes. Anybody can say whatever they want. But when it's in my personal group and someone is there, not just detracting, but intentionally trying to get people to go against what we're trying to accomplish, right. then I wrap up the chalk. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, there's nothing wrong with cutting people out of your group. Like, you know, I, I, there was a, there was a recent conversation I was in about this because people were getting upset because you, you know, there was a purge going on. I think it might've been in Jason Stapleton's group of some people getting purged out of his group and say, look, if we're talking about a society, you're, you're all permitted to take part in this society. I, as the person who is, uh, who is you know, controlling this private page where we as a, as a society can then decide that we don't want you to be part of it. And is well, that- well, you know what they do. Well, you know what they do is immediately compare you to Zuckerberg. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> immediately, because you know he did what he wanted with his private right, property, yeah. and now you're doing what you want with your private property. Right. But I don't buy that argument because I don't find Facebook to be entirely private. Property. I have made this argument before. Let me hear what you have to say because I think we're going to agree wholeheartedly on this. I don't need to go extremely, you know, deep into the philosophy of it. But I just don't believe that when a company like Facebook is so deeply entrenched with the government, both doing exactly the whims of the people in charge, so the the purge, Mm -hmm. uh, the censoring, the making sure that you're not fake news and all that stuff. And working with the FBI on their list that says you're fake news. By the government. And they're working (laughs) with the FBI. And they gather information for the government. And they take a lot of money, not just from this government, from that government, right. from local governments, from county governments, and from every single politician. Mm-hmm. And their current, uh, is it the Atlantic Council? Yeah. Yeah, so they're currently taking their direction from the Atlantic Council, which, sure, it's an organization that's separate, but everybody involved is either a yeah. public official exactly. or somebody who's on government dole. Exactly. So, so is Facebook really a private company, or are they just existing now for the government? Yeah. And and I I've been so at that point, do they have the right to censor you? And I don't believe they do. Yeah, I, I agree. I I said that same exact thing. It's like you know, it really becomes a free speech First Amendment issue because they're working with the government. We you know, so we go, can you sue them? And I and I was wondering, you know, look at at you. Would you be able to sue Facebook for losing this revenue, building up this thing, and uh, for censorship? I don't know if you looked into it or not, and I don't know if you'd win that case at this point. But I'm not, I'm not really big into getting the government more involved right in yeah problem. get a government to solve the government issue yeah yeah i mean i suppose people go that route but i'm just not well i'm just thinking so pure I'm cash money man and there were there were also <laughs> there were also a few um arguments that they're violating antitrust laws mm. by shutting down certain advertisers and allowing other advertisers to speak mm. um just based on their political message um, so that argument has been made. I don't know if anybody's taken them to task about that. No, I'm not sure either. Well, I've, have yeah. you been taking a lot of pleasure in watching Facebook and the recent news that came out where they were, uh, you know, in their internal meetings, they were saying, okay, we got to go after Soros. And now, of course, you can't attack Soros or else the mainstream media attacks you and all the leftists are turning now on Facebook because it's giving me pleasure. So I'm just curious. Yeah, it's, it's all pretty crazy. I would prefer that none of this affects and that we would be able to continue to reach people the same way we always have. But we know that there are not, you know, there are some really bad people out there who don't want that to be the case and don't want us spreading the message. And obviously libertarians, anarcho-capitalists and other, you know, people leaning our way 
were making a difference. Mm -hmm. Because what happened in The Purge was every single page that was actually making a difference was libertarian. Yeah. Yeah, libertarian or anti-police violence. I mean, pages that were legitimate, like Free Thought Project was another one that got taken down. Free Thought Project, anti-media, police the police. These are all big pages that all their entire focus was to just expose corruption and expose abuse. And they were really changing hearts and minds in this country. And they were the first to go. Yep. Yeah, exactly right. Well, what's... And And then what happened to Liberty Memes? Last time they tried to take us down a Hillary Clinton meme. Yeah. During the, yeah. Tell me which meme. Now. Tell me about the meme itself. Cause I, I think people would be curious to see what, what was the, I mean, this is all bullshit anyway, but okay. what was the straw so the that broke time, the camels the back and forth? Yeah. So the first time they took us down was for a meme. The day the director of the FBI chose not to file charges against Hillary mm-hmm. for deleting the emails and all this other stuff that she went through, just actually destroying the devices that they were on, yeah. you know, and he said, well, um, we're not going to press charges. She didn't really mean wrong. So <laughs> right. The intent wasn't the there. Yeah. So immediately we're talking within half an hour, a meme was posted to our page. We did not create. Hmm. But you were responsible by said, virtue, especially with CISPA out there, right? If, uh, you're responsible for the, uh, the shipping posted on your yeah. domain. Well, it was, well, I don't mind that, you know, but uh, it said silly Americans, Laws are for poor. <laughs> that's what that's what got you. That's what they say they like, shut you down for. The first time. Okay. And this is back in 2015 when it was Hillary against Trump. Right. Which is and okay. So this is before so the here, this is before the they said it was about here's the fake problem. news then, right? No, here's the problem. They were intimidated by it. They were trying to censor they were trying to use the algorithm mm-hmm. to shut down conservative speech and pro-Trump speech and anti-Hillary Clinton speech. And when it came to us, they weren't sure what we were just yet. And this particular meme went all around the world before the evening news could spin the fact that they weren't making charges against Hillary. Mm -hmm. Very first impression that the world had of what had just happened was that she was above the law. Mm -hmm. This is a problem for the people who are trying to spin the media, for the people who are trying to run the show and tell you what to think, is that there's a page like Liberty Memes out there that can get the message out there faster and yep. before you. And unspun. Before anybody gets to lunchtime and watches CNN at lunch or gets home and watches the evening news, they've already got their mind made up by what they saw in Liberty Memes. Right. So that was a big problem. So they took it down. They took down some other ones. And, uh, but not the they, page at that point. They, what they just take? They just flagged and said this content's inappropriate just, or something. No, like that. no, they disabled our page for a little bit and scrubbed for violations and took down a bunch of posts. Well, I still, I, it's just and amazing to me up. that they could even cite that that particular post as a violation. So, Wait, what was the what was the language went, they used? Were they did they say it was flagged by uh, a user as being offensive? I don't like, remember. I mean, we had this one that was just a picture of a kid sticking a fork in a socket. And it said Trump or Hillary, top socket or bottom socket. <laughs> and they said that they took that one down because it promotes self-harm. Okay. I figured and, you're so I mean, tagging with child I can see safety, they, they have but... a point. They have a point, though, because voting could really, you know, somebody might see that and actually fit <laughs> the vote. Right. <laughs> so it was that. So that was the first time back in 2016. We made a lot of fuss about it. Yeah. We got into international media, Breitbart, Blaze, mm-hmm. all sorts of different organizations covered it um and it ended up being the number two story number two on drudge report oh wow well that's yeah i'd say that's millions as as much as people still like to deride drudge report it's still millions and millions of hits a day so facebook goes back and has an emergency meeting of their board of trustees and says you got to put that page back up Mm. not only put the page back up but put back all the memes you took oh wow so we had all our memes restored. And at this point, we're going on two years of being what we called unzuckable. Because when we get a warning about, hey, this might be offensive, but we didn't take it down. Yeah. Hey, that might be offensive, but we didn't take it down. And then all of a sudden, they took us down. We were in the middle of raising money for victims of a tragic house fire. Mm. Which actually, the moment they took our page down was the moment that fundraiser actually hit its goal. Mm-hmm. 
So that's great. But we were in the middle of doing charity and making the world a better place when they just took our page away from us and didn't even tell us why. Yeah. We never got a reason why. That's what I was going to ask uh, you. They, so, it, they so never I went on, addressed it So I all. went on my personal account. I went on my personal account and tried to post about what had just happened. And within two hours, they de- deactivated that one. Hmm. And so they were going through and they were looking for people who were involved in my page and scrubbing Same them and, and yeah. doing stuff to them. So one of our admins, uh, who was just kind of a stand-in, was also the admin for a local Boy Scouts page and for a couple other, you know, community organizations. Mm-hmm. And they deactivated his page. God, that's sucking ridiculous. That's sucking ridiculous. Another one of our people was just there because he, he's helping us build our website. And he had his ad, his ad account revoked. Mm-hmm. And he has other clients. Yeah. That's just fucking ridiculous. Um, I mean, it's like, you know, so the, the when, collateral when got, damage. But when it. I got suspended, they told me why I got suspended. And it was because of a meme that I had posted seven months early. <laughs> and it was just a picture of Hillary Clinton having a snack on some Tide Pods. <laughs> so once again, the thing that gets Liberty memes taken down yeah. is Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Yeah. What is going on? And this is, this is just one day after the news said, look out, Hillary might be running for president. Again. Mm-hmm. So what is really going on? Are they, you know, are they going in and saying, oh, Hillary might run. We better make sure that there's nothing that can make her lose this time. Well, I would and be over just the moon. Jump, did they just jump onto the page and make sure that they found everything that might hurt Hillary Clinton? Yeah. Well, I mean, it would be amazing if Hillary Clinton actually did run for me. <laughs> I think for all of us, because I'd love to see her get <laughs> out there, get, get her ass stomped one more time. But so then, so at this point, so you're creating new new pages because i want to say what's you know what's next then what are you guys working on now and, and we, well, we can finish up with that because where i want to see where can people go to support you now what are you actually working on i know like i said i know you're building a new new facebook uh until they come after you again but you know what's is there a, a another project on the horizon you guys are are really actively looking at doing something that may be outside of the vicious claws of Facebook or any of these other uh, organizations? Well, well, we want to continue what we're doing in the real world, Mm -hmm. which is helping people for as long as Facebook allows us to, we have a community group where we get together and and we do stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always thought of this fight with Zuckerberg as a distraction from doing what we're really meant to do. And that's reach new people Mm -hmm. with the message of liberty and the message of charity, voluntary charity, charity that isn't forced by the government. Um, and, and we get bogged down in this stuff of, we got to fight Facebook. We got to help Liberty memes fight Facebook. At at a certain point, I just kind of gave up and said, why are we going to sit around trying to fight Facebook? Because new people are going to look at that and say, why, why are we fighting Facebook all of a sudden? I don't get it. Mm -hmm. So I kind of shifted my focus to the community group that I'm running. It's called Liberty memes community group. I just joined. Thank you. Thanks. (laughs) You'll get annoyed very quickly with how often I ask people to donate money for things. Mm-hmm. And thing is, we've got 16,000 people. And among those 16,000 people, I've seen them raise $30,000 in a single day for a single cause. That's amazing, man. I, I, by the way, do you work with, uh, with Donorsy at all and Greg Lyer? Have you heard of him? No, I work um, alone. Oh, okay. I see lone, the lone wolf of charity. Uh, okay, now I was just curious because we, we've done some stuff well, with him not, before. I mean, that's the thing that we're not an official charity. Yeah. Um, I still run Liberty Memes because I, I mean, eventually, first of all, we're dedicated to the message. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this prior conversation has pointed that out. But yeah, I would absolutely. also like to make a few bucks off. It would be nice. And there's nothing wrong with that, goddammit. I mean, I was going to say this uh, as well in, in regards to uh, to comedy, but, you know, comedy is it, comedy is libertarian at its core. Like, in every way, it's free speech, it's truth to power, but also it's free market, right? I mean, look, at you You have a concept. You have a you guys developed a, a way of communicating liberty that was funny, that was poignant, that was and, – and also quick. You know, you're quick to get them out. So you're taking advantage of these things as they're coming out. And the free market responds to that. And people are actively, voluntarily giving you cash, as they should, because you're doing work that's giving them joy. It's making their lives easier. So goddamn yeah. right, man. Well, <laughs> I don't, but I don't only, you know, make memes at this point. Liberty yeah. memes is so much more than just making memes. Yeah. I go, we go to college campuses and to conventions like mm. Yalcom and uh, the Students for Liberty convention. 
And we teach these kids who are, you know, most of them are going to Washington so that they can get jobs with, you know, various packs and think right, tanks. Right. And we teach these kids that, hey, guess what? You can also change the world by just mocking all of them. Damn well right. <laughs> and so that's actually, that's a huge service to the future of liberty. Right. By the um, I guess, and you know, once you're already sucked into that, but we do have, see, one of my missions is to keep this from happening. This scenario I'm going to paint for you right here. People get a job, you know, they start off with young Americans for Liberty, which I appreciate. Mm. They, or they start off gung ho about Ron Paul, or maybe even, you know, Larry Sharp or Gary Johnson or whoever. And they find the Liberty message and they go to DC and they get a job. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and what and happens quickly the liberty is stripped away you from come up us. to them and you say, Hey, I remember you from that Ron Paul rally. Yeah. How have things been? And they look at you and they say, Oh, Ron Paul days, you know, I used to be a libertarian, but then I grew up. Yeah, exactly. And I don't want that to ever happen. You know, I wanted to, you know, if you've really got a passion for it, lifetime dedication to liberty, like Ron Paul, because he grew up doing the right thing, yeah, exactly. you know, not becoming part of the machine. Um, we all need to be Liberty Peter Pan is what you're telling me. So there's that, but then there's also, we've got this newfound power, I guess it's, it's really in its infancy. And that's kind of why it's annoying people because they don't get it. Mm. A lot of libertarians have been so about the leave me alone concept and nobody better touch my smackers. Mm. This is a shout out to Tom Woods. Oh, oh, he does love to say fucking smackers. Doesn't he? I forgot. I've heard him say that a little while. My smackers thing. Um, that we, I think we've kind of overlooked, you know, as economists, because most of us are Austrian economists mm-hmm. and we understand, you know, human action. We understand the motivators for people and it's always money mm-hmm. or some sort of benefit. Why don't libertarians suddenly become the leaders in philanthropy? Because people would look at that and they would say, wait a second, these people who say the government shouldn't be involved are actually keeping the government out of everything and, and doing providing it far for us. more and effectively, we, and right? People shouldn't think of the government first mm. when they think of a need that they have. Yep. When a need arises, I want people to come to Liberty Means and being libertarian and we are libertarian. And all these other organizations and uh, volunteerism and action, I want people to come to them and say, hey, I've got this need. I don't want them to go to the government and yep. say, hey, take care of this one. Right. Stay off disability. Instead, come to, come to friends and family. Come to a community group. Come and get help from people that are willing to help you and that are actively uh, actively believe in private charity rather than, yeah, than the, forced the coercive problem, charity. The, the, problem arises that, the problem arises that people are very hesitant to be involved in something like that because mm-hmm. it it does feel force. Mm-hmm. So people are like, you know, if I'm here, then I have to donate to this and I have to donate to that. And I'm like, guys, I might guilt trip people every <laughs> once in a while because of an effective marketing play. Right. But I don't want people to donate if they can't afford it. Yeah. Or if they don't understand it. You know, I only want people to be involved in these things because they're on board with this message that we can change the world. And we can get people to stop going to the government when they think of libertarians for charity. First. Mm-hmm. Well, and you make another, I mean, the, the point there also resonates very deeply when you talk about libertarians and charity, because you think about ways in which you're going to change people's minds. And so many people have, I mean, they have gotten help from the government. And, you know, we can't argue against that. We could argue that there's better ways these people could have helped. They could have been helped faster and more efficiently. But a lot of people turn to the government as the only option because that's who has helped them. They view it as, as the daddy resource. They, and, and Because when they, come to, when they come to us, there's no bombs involved. Right. And well, there's no, that too. Nobody's but like, what I'm saying, like, you know, like you're talking about helping people that maybe they aren't even libertarians could be just one of the most powerful ways of converting people and bringing them over to our cause and having them say, I need to look at this. These people helped me. They had, they didn't have to. They had no relation to me. They believed that this is a, a philosophy they, they want to follow. They want to support it. And they helped me and my family. And now we're fucking libertarians. Yeah. I mean, I encouraged, for example, I saw that the assistant general manager of the Washington Nationals has uh, leukemia for mm. a second time. Mm. And uh, actually in my city, we have the triple, we had the triple A team for the Washington Nationals. And I have a lot of friends in that organization. I was like, you know what, guys, we should probably donate to this and say, 
libertarians are reaching out to you and donating to you. Mm-hmm. We want you to get better. And we also want you to think of us when you think of charity. Yeah. Um, and we ended up donating $5,000 to this guy's fund. Now, unfortunately, I'm not the first baseman of the Chicago Cubs who gave 15000 <laughs> Well, I mean, you're not that old yet. Put some time in. But no, I mean, Mike Rizzo gave 15000 bucks. <laughs> you know, but uh, we did what we could. Yeah. He got the headlight, but at least he probably got a nice message on the jumbotron, like a scrolling. <laughs> Thank you, Liberty. Media. Well, yeah, actually, well, yeah, actually, um, <laughs> I got to be a member of that AAA baseball team for a day. Yeah, that's, that's cool. On field, you know, during the game in the dugout, yeah. batting practice, this other stuff, and he gave a shout out on the scoreboard in the AAA team yeah. to our to our community group. See, that's still good and, though. Yeah, spread the message any way you can. Next year, I get the exact same thing on the major league. Field. Oh, sweet. So hopefully we'll get also a shout out to Liberty memes on the scoreboard for the Washington Nationals. I'm hoping that what happens is that you get the shout out on the scoreboard, but it's a field of dreams scenario where it's just your face and it's like the fucking moonlight Graham thing, you know, when everybody's looking up there and it's lasting way too long. You know, so it's funny because I'm always wearing a baseball hat. It's like <laughs> kind of my thing. Oh, look, I lost the lights. The bank, the bank's kicking out. <laughs> He's doing the interview. For we talked about it was off, uh, off show, but he, because the lighting's better, uh, he's doing the interview from a uh, a bank parking lot. <laughs> so the lighting for the video would be good. <laughs> yeah, well, this is kind of the ghetto, but here That's I'm right. we're gonna now. we're gonna wrap up, guys. Don't worry. Here, wrap this up, and then tell people where to find you because we'll, we'll we'll call it anyway, so you don't get beaten up in the parking lot. I'm negative beat up. I'm, I'm kind of a big dude. <laughs> it does um, look cold out that's there. Why, though. That's that's why my fans call me a professional, non professional baseball player. <laughs> so just anyway. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, we're trying to make money while we do this, because if I don't have to focus on a full time job and I can I can just do this even more. Yeah, I've recently in the past week drove to Minnesota to deliver rescue cats from Syracuse, New York to St. Paul, Minnesota. Damn, man, that's a cold drive. This lady in our group wanted some cats, and I think the best fit to adopt them was her daughter. And so I drove there. That's amazing. That's amazing. And then we went to New York City, and, and I do this live stream a lot where I'll just walk up to some random person on the street and help them out because, you know, they're obviously homeless or obviously mm-hmm. begging. Or somebody will actually walk up to me and ask me for something, and I'll do this on faith. Mm-hmm. We, I don't have, like, a fund that I've set up to take out of for this. You know, somebody will walk up to me and say, hey, I need 30 bucks for a tank of gas. I'm like, yeah, sure, buddy. I'll buy it for you. Mm-hmm. You just got to say to my friends in my group on live stream. <laughs> hopefully they'll chip in a few bucks so that I can pass that on to the next person. Right. Yeah. Um, but what I do is I also give them a Ron Paul coin or I talk to them about volunteerism or I talk. I say, now these friends of mine online, and it's usually only 20 people at a time join a live stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say, now these friends of mine, they're libertarian and we're doing this. Because we believe in helping people so that they don't go to the government. Mm-hmm. And we got this one guy within two minutes of starting the live stream where I helped him get a tank of gas in Minnesota say, you know, I'm a Democrat, but I only vote the, the person, not the party. But I want to tell you, I want to be a libertarian. Yeah, there you go, man. That's amazing. Like, this is how you do it. Yeah. You, you plant that seed and it grows so fast. Well, it's and that, it's not and, first, and you're making that it's not the first time I've ever had that happen to me. Yeah. You know, I was in, uh, I was at the primary location in New Hampshire for Ron Paul in 2012 and CNN interviewed this lady who was an undecided, mm-hmm. her and her daughter. And then they filmed her walking up the walkway and I kind of whispered in her ear what Ron, Ron Paul's plans were for the national budget, uh-huh. which was just like to obliterate it. And she's like, oh, that's really interesting. She walks in, she comes back out and CNN interviews her again and says, so who did you vote for? She's like, well, I didn't want to say it, but I voted for Rob Paul. <laughs> they immediately cut, they immediately cut away back to studio. That's, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> of course it did. All right. Well, tell Bill. So we talked about going to the, the community group, Liberty memes community group. That's where they can get active in, in what you're doing, uh, both in memeing, but also in philanthropy. Um, where else? What the Patreon is patreon.com Liberty memes. Yeah. If people actually support what we do and this message hasn't fallen on deaf ears, join patreon.com slash Liberty memes. It gives me a couple bucks. In fact, I've gone so far into this whole charity idea that half of the salary that I'm making off Patreon this month 
I'm giving away to a family that just lost their mother in a tragedy. That's awesome, man. Um, so it's like, yeah, okay, I benefit from people joining the Patreon, but at the same time, this month, I feel really bad about this family who lost uh, a mother, mm. a 26-year-old mother uh, to liver failure. Ugh. And I, I, it's the holiday season, and they're without a mother. So I, I feel like we could at least give them some sort of a gift. So the more people sign up for patreon.com slash liberty memes this month, the more people I can send a check, the more money I can send in a check to those people down in Texas. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, there you go, guys. And I'll link to this in the show notes again, lionsofliberty.com forward slash ELL99. I will link to the Patreon. I'll link to the community group. And uh, unless there's anything else, man, I just want to thank you for your time. I thank you for all you're doing for Liberty. It's been awesome talking to you. Be the meme you wish to see in the world. (laughs) Words to live by. All right, so that wraps it up with my interview with Liberty Memes. Stay tuned. We're going to take a quick commercial break and then be back with a few current news events because I just can't let another two weeks go by. There's too much going on. We don't rise to the level of our expectations. We fall to the level of our training. Those epic words from Archilochus can sum up your ability to succeed or fail in business. I want to recommend Conversation Mat Time to our listeners as a way to hone your one-on-one conversation skills in a role-playing session that can help take you to the next level. During 25-minute sessions, you'll work through the best way to approach that raise, that interview, or that relationship with a practice professional that will provide the confidence and experience you need to get paid what you're worth or take that interpersonal risk you've never been able to conquer. Just like in jiu-jitsu, the difference between a novice and a black belt is mat time. Train to win. Visit conversationmattime.com and take advantage of a free 15-minute consultation just for listeners of this show. All right, welcome back to Electric Liberty Land, episode number 99. I'm just going to burn through a couple quick stories here. I'm going to try to keep this to uh, to 15 minutes or less. Let's see if I can actually do it, because you know me. I'm a long-winded bastard. And, uh, and I also bit my tongue earlier today. Which I did remark on Twitter. I know some of you follow me on the old tweet show there. <laughs> God damn it. It hurts. I mean, it hurts. Like I actually, what had happened was I sneezed. And just when my mouth was closing, my tongue happened to be between my back molars. And it crunched down, made a sound like you're biting into, uh, I don't even know what that, that horrible texture is. It's like squishy, but with a crunch. Have you ever have you ever been to Japan or China and eaten jellyfish? Same texture, truly horrific. And uh, God, it is just like I've already bitten it three times today, having trouble even even talking. So it's good I did the interview before I bit my tongue uh, yesterday. Anyway, well, yeah, I'm being long winded about being long winded, but the point I'm trying to make is that you know what kind of God would design a creature that can sneeze an involuntary action and bite its own damn tongue? Intelligent design, my ass. And uh, John Odermatt and I may have a debate about this, but you have to be a patron to hear that. This is going to be maybe a monthly debate series that we do because he would be on the pro-God side. I would be on not necessarily completely atheistic side, but taking a little bit of a, a, an argumented, argumentative posture in regards to that conversation. But again, you got to join the Lions Pride, which you can join at patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty. Anyway, let's get through this. I'm going to try to keep my tongue out of the way of my teeth. First things first, my brother-in-law, Stephen Betts, up in uh, San Francisco area, had brought to my attention that his local ballot initiative, Prop C, and I don't mean his as if he proposed the damn thing, but he did vote against it. But Prop C had passed. And what Prop C does was levies a tax on the revenue of any company within the city limits that makes over $50 million. Now, never mind that... These companies may not even be that profitable. In fact, they may be losing money. I mean, there's a lot of companies out there. I mean, Christ, look at GE, for example. Look at Sears, for example, which are multi-million dollars in revenue per year, but are bleeding money straight out the ass, straight out of deliverance style, bleeding money out the ass. And yet they would still be taxed at this unprecedented rate. That is obscene. And you say, okay, well, well, what is this money going towards something which is uh, it's being used wisely and intelligently by the city? Well, no, because San Francisco already spends $350 million a year on its homeless population. And guess what? 
The homeless population keeps increasing. The feces levels on the streets keep increasing. The amount of drug overdoses and drug use in the streets keeps increasing. The property values somehow keep going up, though. So explain that to me. So anyway, you've got this bill pass, and it passed with 60% of the vote. Now, therein lies the rub, because Stephen pointed this out to me, which I think is hilarious. The city is still collecting this business tax. They're still grabbing this cash from these companies, despite the fact that in California, there's a lot of unsurety because certain ballot initiatives, especially tax initiatives, have to be approved by two-thirds of the voters. 60% is not two-thirds of the voters, as is required by California's Constitution. Now, the only way which they find some sort of legal basis for this is that this California Supreme Court, which, of course, is going to be the worst, but California Supreme Court said that some constitutional limitations on ballot initiatives only apply if it's placed on the ballot by a local government, not a citizen initiative. And this apparently was put on by a citizen initiative and that it only needs simple majority approval. So of course, this is going to the legal battles now. This is going to be stuck in the courts forever. And the greatest irony of this is brought to my attention by Stephen Betts, (laughs) which is why I had to talk about this story. And that is that the city is operating. It is taxing people. It is taking money from companies with no legal basis, or at least a very questionable legal basis, so they are operating under the old libertarian saying, taxation is theft, in a quite a literal sense. So (laughs) enjoy that. You can use that at your Thanksgiving table. Okay, next thing up, I want to talk very, very briefly about this Democratic lawmaker, a representative from where? Good old California. Eric Swalwell. I don't know where that kind of name came from. Anyway, Eric Swallowswell, he said to a people that were raising Second Amendment defenses to him and claiming that he wanted a war over the Second Amendment, Representative Eric Swalwell replied, and this is via Twitter, of course, and it would be a short war, my friend. The government has nukes, too many of them, but they're legit. I'm sure if we talked, we could find common ground to protect our families and communities. So essentially, he is quite blatantly threatening to have nuclear war if we dare try to defend our Second Amendment rights. I mean, when we talk about the left being the authoritarians within the current political spectrum, and granted, there's authoritarians on both sides, but without a doubt, the left is far more authoritarian in its current state. Is there anything more authoritarian than literally mentioning the fact that the government has nuclear weapons and will threaten to use those nuclear weapons on its own populace. Now, by the way, he's talking to one guy. I mean, how stupid is this argument? He's talking to one guy on Twitter that is saying, you want a war over the Second Amendment, and he's threatening to drop a nuclear weapon. How's that exactly going to work out, Eric? You're going to make sure you're going to go door to door, see who has guns, see who doesn't. You're going to secretly evacuate all the people that don't have guns. Make sure that the people that don't, and they can't have to want to want to defend guns either. They can't be defenders of the Second Amendment, right? They can't even be favorable. So you evacuate all those people. You do it underground. It'll be like the old, uh, it'll be like the Underground Railroad, I suppose. Though you'd have to give it a new name for the pussy liberals. The Underground Railroad. That works. You can make a movie about it in several years. Getting all the people who didn't want guns out of the out of California, and then nuking the shit out of the re- the rest of the state. Everybody else, if you got a gun, yeah, drop a nuke. I mean, what a fucking asshole. And look, I don't want to make too much of this. Yeah, I know it's a flippant remark, but still, just it's unbelievable that an elected representative would say something like this, would even raise the specter of using a nuclear arm against your own citizens that you're there to protect. People that you're supposed to be reaching across the aisle, you're supposed to be finding common ground, and this asshole just wants to nuke the world. All right, next story. Goddamn, I'm already running over. All right, let me uh, make this quick. The ACLU, why even call yourself a civil civil liberties union anymore? Get a new name. Because they're going after Betsy DeVos in this Title IX uh, rollback of Obama-era regulations, which I guess it's not even regulations, Obama-era instructions that were widely adopted by colleges across the country, allowing for people that were accused of sexual assault to basically be railroaded away to face these bullshit tribunals that were arranged by college professors, wherein people were essentially given a kangaroo court. They would simply believe the accuser. They would not question the accuser's story. They would not do research into the accuser's story. They would not accept, in many cases, counter-testimony. They would not accept counter-text messages. I mean, there are, the cases go on and on of these people that were completely wronged 
in many circumstances, thrown out of college, have their reputations ruined. And by the way, good luck to getting into another college if you've been thrown out of college for having a sexual assault on your record. And that's why we're seeing all these colleges get sued now. I mean, there's hundreds of lawsuits going on right now because this title X nonsense. And yet people continue to defend it. And the ACLU has bought into this concept of we must defend the current Title IX standard. Because Betsy DeVos put forward some, you know, he tells us about, <laughs> was it reasonable gun reform, right? Well, she put forth some very reasonable reforms to Title IX. These reasonable reforms took on the form of essentially making sure that the accused actually has a representative that can counter interrogate the witness. Now, that doesn't mean as was reported breathlessly by all of these liberal shill newspapers and media outlets and the ACLU, as well as others, this doesn't mean that the person accused gets to directly cross-examine the person that is accusing them. What the Title IX uh, corrections actually did was make sure that you could have another lawyer or representative actually question those who are levying the accusations against people and again, in many times, they would just simply be believed, adopted as gospel, and people's lives would be ruined. Additionally, the new Title X changes actually allow more ways in which to solve set cases of sexual assault or sexual confusion, because half of these are just kind of boiled down to a he said, she said. You know, people thought there was consent, then they said there wasn't consent. They said, oh, well, that night I did, but now I didn't, but I regretted it. I, and I didn't get consent the entire way through, et cetera. But it offers some other alternatives rather than going full court press, going to these adjudicators, going towards the college. It allows them to go outside to get mediation or come to another resolution. Maybe it's just an apology. Maybe it's doing charity work. I, you know, any of these things could happen rather than going to the school and having the school decide, OK, you're guilty. We don't want to look weak on sexual assault. Good luck out there, kid. And for the ACLU to attack this. Without any regard, I mean, we're talking about, when you're talking about basic civil liberties, and again, this, this ties into the ACLU also going after Brett Kavanaugh and running an ad comparing Brett Kavanaugh to Bill Cosby, to Bill Clinton, people who have legitimate rape accusations going back years, people who have been accused, tried, and convicted, at least in the case of Bill Cosby, convicted of rape. To say fucking Brett Kavanaugh, what he's undergoing an investigation, when he's doing this hearing, to say that he should not be affirmed because of this? For fuck's sake, your right to a fair hearing is part of one of your civil liberties. How can you possibly call yourself the American Civil Liberties Union if you don't protect that? Just change your fucking name. Call yourself the Association of Progressive Fuck Cunts and move on. Call it a day. Because there's no more ACLU left. There's no more Civil Liberties Union left in the world. Just like so many formerly great institutions it's been co-opted by the left. It's been turned into a, simply a, a, a voice box for progressive horseshit. And now it's being used solely for propaganda and has no actual value to society. All right. <laughs> I got my blood going. All right. Last thing I want to talk about very, very briefly is just Trump getting behind the criminal justice bill. How fantastic is this, guys? I mean, we're looking at a president literally backing legislation for justice reform, getting a bipartisan agreement in place, signing on to it. Yes, this most racist president in history, right, has now gotten behind a bill which would help more prominently than any other group in the entire country help black men and black women get out of prison. Help stop them from going to prison. Stop families from being broken up due to the drug war. Reform the ridiculous mandatory minimums that are out there. Give more leeway to judges when they're dealing with mandatory minimums. I mean, this is amazing. Again, the most racist president, according to the left, that's ever lived, is helping black America more predominantly with this bill than anything that Obama ever did while he was in office. <laughs> Again, it doesn't defend a lot of the shitty shit Trump does. Like going after Julian Assange like uh, not pardoning Edward Snowden. And by the way, at the end of this episode, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I know Thanksgiving's coming to tomorrow. So uh, Trump also pardoned the turkey today. And as I, again, tweeted out, because it just pissed me off, that all this attention is being paid to pardoning a goddamn turkey. Why don't you pardon Edward Snowden? Huh? Why don't you pardon more people that are in jail for drug offenses? Three strike rules for shoplifting something that was $100 after getting two prior drug offenses and now have life in jail. How about that? How about doing a little bit of that pardoning rather than pardoning a fucking turkey? 
because I could give two shits about the turkey. And also, a word of advice to you guys for Thanksgiving talks with your family. I say this a lot when I give speeches, but don't get bogged down in the weeds of libertarianism, guys. When you're talking with family, especially if they're on the progressives, but really on both sides of the aisle, simply accentuate the process which has failed in the past and a different way of looking at things which libertarians subscribe to to get to the same end goal. And that is all prosperity for all people, equal rights for all people. And whether that has to go through the way we go, which happens to be free markets, free minds, free speech, and property rights, well, maybe we should give that a shot. And like you heard earlier in today's episode, instead of giving handouts by a government force, how about we all step up and give a little bit more to charity? I think that can resonate with anybody you talk to, no matter what side of the aisle, what side of the table, or how drunk they may be. All right, that's going to wrap it up. A little yelling never hurt anybody on a Wednesday before Thanksgiving, right? It's the greatest drinking night of the year. God damn it. I hope everybody's hammered already. So anyway, have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you all for listening so much to Electric Liberty Land. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving to you and to yours. Reminder, as always, guys, listen to Mark Clear on Mondays here on this podcast. This past Monday, we did our Thanksgiving tradition with Johnny Rocket over at Blastoff and Raylene Lightheart, me, Odie, and Mark. Hell of a time with our Thanksgiving Bukkake show. And uh, also, don't forget to listen to John Odermatt on Felony Fridays. I'm sure he will have something very prominent to say about this uh, this Trump bill that has passed. Well, hasn't passed yet, but Trump's support of this justice uh, reform bill. And other than that, I don't know. Hell, I'm Brian McWilliams. This is Electric Liberty Land. Always stay plugged in to Liberty.